Have you wanted to be part of a community where you could develop your own intuitive abilities and feel safe and in a fun environment, inspirational, and a place where you get to test out what you have learned? This Wisdom Wednesday community is that. For a small investment of $8 a month, you'll be with people who understand what you're talking about and who will be receiving of what you've experienced and there to help you and guide. Every month, the last Wednesday of the month, we get together and I lead the group with some instruction and then one person gets a reading and then we finish with a meditation this is the place where you get to develop your intuitive abilities and be part of a community go to vickybearcom slash courses to sign up today hi welcome to intuition your first sense this is vicky and this week we are going to cover animals, not all the animals because can't possibly do all of that. And it's a subject that I adore because I tend to love the little furry and scaly and yeah, even the ones with all the legs and stuff except centipedes. Those things creep me out. No offense to the centipede world, but ooh, who needs that many legs? So the reason I'm doing this is it was a request from a listener, and I love that and appreciate that not only are you listening, but you're, you're interacting and sharing with me what you would like to hear. So come on back and let's talk about all those creatures that we love to love. VickyBear.com It's time to be your best It's time to reconnect With your first sense Trust in your gut It's the real thing Let's see what your future brings Time to let the fun commence Intuition your first sense Animals, they are not everybody's favorite thing. However, they are one of mine. And the older I get, I swear the mushier I get about them. I've always loved them, always had them as kids. We had everything from chickens to rabbits to horse, um, dogs, cats, of course. We had a pet squirrel that we just assumed was suicidal because every time we sent it up the tree, it fell down again, and then it would have to come in the house and get doctored up. At one point, there was a raccoon that was being rehabbed, and I did goats with 4-H. So in the animal world, I feel like they have an intelligence that is greatly underestimated, and it's something that comes from that soul being. And I've often said that our animals are more evolved than we are because somehow we take care of them. We make sure that they have food. I have currently, I have a cat and a free roam rabbit that I share my space with. And 
they are an absolute hoot. And at the end of the day, well, actually during the day sometimes, today I was in the middle of a session and the rabbit jumped up on me and scared me a little bit uh, because he was just feeling a little bit cheeky. They are the thing that can bring us peace. That's why there's so many therapy animals and service animals. And I'm not going to go into that area. You guys discuss that on your own. Um, I'm with you on the, it's being pushed too much, but I also know that it provides such a service. If you've ever been stressed out and the cat jumps up on your lap or the puppy looks at you and you just feel like, okay, I can do this some more. The gift of that is immeasurable. And I do believe that they have souls that go on to each lifetime. They expand and they learn and they grow. And that's why sometimes you can get the animal that's not the brightest bulb on the tree, but think about humans. There's some of those too. So in the in the expansion and the continuum of life and the soul process, we're going to get animals and people on all levels. So sometimes they are, you know, returning and, or you'll have this being that just looks at you like they understand everything that you're saying. And just as I say this, Leah jumps up on my lap and meows. So she knew her entry point. Um, But they'll give us the look that says they understand everything that we're saying. Now, I don't hold that they understand everything, but I do believe that there's an intelligence and there's definitely a heart in there that helps them to connect. And I believe that they are doing their process as well. So in each lifetime, they are also here to learn something. And, you know, maybe like my girl here, it's, (laughs) she could learn to like other animals. Um, She could learn to get along with others. She has never been a fan of the other beings in the world except humans. So she tolerates the rabbit, so I'm happy to say that they coexist pretty well. But you have different levels, and I feel like the collaboration that we're in is, yes, to take care of them. I feel like we should leave well enough alone and let them have their own their own habitats and learn to live in smaller square footages of our own and coexist. But I also know that if there's a commitment made to an animal, it should be followed through to the greatest degree. I do not mean that we extend their lives simply to take care of our own hearts. Um, Animals understand this life process way better than we do. It's why you'll hear stories of the cat at the nursing home who will go to the room of the person who's crossing shortly. They understand it. Um, Some animals will run away if there's, maybe there's an undetected illness and they've taken off because in their mind it would be kinder to go get eaten by something or, you know, smushed by a car uh, to release them from that process. I've seen people who invest way too much energy in having the animal stay for them. And I believe that 
is rather self-centered. If we listen to the animals and we watch them and we're truly connected to them, they will let us know when they are complete. Um, and we need to listen to that. So the amazing beings that they are have a spiritual connection to us. I do believe our animals choose us. And a lot of the times um, we may be thinking, what was I thinking in choosing them? Because obviously we have to take the action to adopt them, um, to take them over from someone else who can't do it, or to, yes, work with a reputable breeder and, and purchase one. My preference is always going to be adopt, um, and yet I'm thankful that these beings have a wonderful place to go. So the choice, I believe they come into our lives for a reason, and we may not necessarily know that. Um, when LB, who's my rabbit, he's a, a mini lop, showed up, he... Um, it was at a time where I was hurting a lot. Uh, my husband had passed. My dog had, we've just gone through a horrible year of health issues with him. And then he passed and he was only four. And life just seemed a little sad at the time. It was a lot of sad. It wasn't a little sad. It was a lot of sad. And here comes this goofball that I honestly didn't even know how to take care of because in a younger Self, you know, we had rabbits, but they lived outside. Um, this guy <laughs> has free run of the place, and thankfully, because he's very well behaved, if he was a chewer, I wouldn't be able to do that. But and his humor, there's just the goofiness that he has, and his uh, his even his pickiness about the type of hay he'll eat or won't eat. It makes me laugh, and that is a raise in vibration. And people are drawn to all different types of animals for the frequency, for the vibration of that animal. And that's why you see those that love the amphibians, those that love the fish, um, the horses, you know, the llamas, the alpacas, and, you know, whatever else is is there that someone has a draw to, um, there's a frequency there and a vibrational role that's being played out. So if that animal shows up on your back step and you decide that this is for a longer term investment, you may want to ask, what is it that we are doing? Because there's a soul contract with animals as much as we have a soul contract with the people in our lives in order to learn. And sometimes that is part of the releasing them too, physically, as well as um, if the home is not working for them and a new home shows up that is in you know, a better alignment for them. It's to help us to learn to release. And by the way, should you have to make that decision around your animal, I'm so sorry. I have been there many, many times and always find it to be a gift we give the animals. They call it being released. So from a, you know, communication, animal communication standpoint, they don't see it as being put down or put to sleep. I actually had one animal that I was communicating with that uh, he was a, a, 
a boxer, I believe. Sometimes I mix up my breeds, but he had that that boxer energy. And he was like, I don't understand why they call it put to sleep um, because I'm not going to sleep. I'm leaving my body. I get to go play. So because that's one of the areas I feel like they're more evolved than we are, they don't see it as a punishment to be released. They see it as, oh, good, I get to go play again. And intuitively, I used to do a lot of animal communication, and then I realized the humans just weren't getting it, and I felt like I was doing a disservice to the animals because I would say, you know, this is not what the what your dog would want, you know, to go further treatment of things to, you know, take yourself physically, financially, and, you know, from a stress perspective out of the game because you feel like you should extend their life because the qual- the quantity of days determines the quality of a life. Um, and they, the humans just weren't getting it. And I decided, you know what? Um, I'm pretty good at locating them, and I used to do that a lot too. But then I realized that it, it I couldn't represent the animals and convey, and I truly believe it was on my part, convey to the humans that they, they need to stop overthinking this and we need to stop getting our ego so involved that we think it's this being's job to make sure we're okay. And that's largely what you're doing if you're extending the life of an animal beyond what is, you know, good um, personship in, in agreeing to have them. They will gratefully go on to a next life and to return again if that's um, what the the contract is. So we do have that connectiveness ability with them. You're not making it up if you feel like your heart goes out or connects or you can feel what's going on with your animal. You're, you're not making it up. It's just that you have to weigh it with common sense and what is in their best interest and then maybe understanding that they really do um, love that whole idea of uh, short lives, many lives, um, then maybe that'll help you with the decision. So we can connect with them intuitively, psychically. It's actually not all that hard. You just have to step out of what you think they might be communicating or what you assume they may be saying to you. I have found dogs to be good talkers. Um, I feel like they communicate pretty well with language and basically on a I don't know, four-year-old level. So their sentences are short and sweet, but I do feel like they understand a lot. Cats, depending on the personality of the cat, but they typically communicate in what I consider staccato, so very short, very blunt, couple words, kind of like a directive as if you know their personalities do often determine their communication skills. And the uh, 
the horses, depending on their intelligence level, there seems to be a, a big spectrum when it comes to working with horses. And those that work with horses would probably say this from a training perspective. Oh yeah, that one, we could ask him to do anything and he catches on pretty quickly. No, let's not ask that one to do anything because she's not the brightest bulb. So again, there's a a varying degree of soul life. So if you have the animal that seems to read your mind, you are looking at one that is of an older experience, meaning that they came back many lifetimes and potentially over your lifetimes. I had one cat when I was younger, and then I had him again when um, the kids were little. We got him, and I recognized him. I can't say that I intuitively spot on knew because I wasn't aware of all this and, and how to handle it, but when he was 17 and his kidneys were shutting down and I made the decision to release him, I said to him that I really don't think I can go through another lifetime with him, having him and releasing him again, that I would like him to, you know, to go elsewhere. And darned if the little bugger didn't show up in the family again. And this is what they do. You know, they know a good gig when they get one. We we take very good care of our animals. So they will return. And if it's not in their best interest or you've decided that you're complete with animals, they'll find someplace else to be. So when you connect with an, with an animal, I'll discuss more of that in the next, uh, in the second part of the show of how to do it. But it often comes through the heart center. It comes through a feeling place. And this is because their language is intuition. They are very much wired to be in that knowing place and the sensing place, and therefore that increases their intuitive abilities. And if we could learn to be more like the animals, we would, uh, I think, appreciate more of this universe. And that includes when you're out for a walk and you just watch how the squirrels interact or how the wildlife I saw the other night, (laughs) the cutest raccoon. And he was literally floating down um, this little stream that was running on the side of the road, uh, kind of a gully, not necessarily a stream. And he literally was belly flopped in and just pushing his way down, just having a really good time. And I thought, thanks, bud. Uh, You know, the message there of have a good time. You can play. It was probably his bath time and he was appreciative that it was warm out and raccoons do like water anyway. He wasn't searching for food. He was having the best time. And I, they very much live in the moment, and we could we could learn from them, I believe. So, what you and how you interact with them is going to be up to you. You don't have to have animals or own animals in order to do this. You can be an observation of those that are in the world. So, um, the the physical animals are one way to 
learn how to be with spirit because they're a representation of spirit as much as we are. Um, They are a gift of, and I think teachers for us. And there's also a role of what are considered spirit animals or animal spirit guides or totem animals. There's quite a few different descriptions of them. And these are the animals that are representing where you may be in your life and what you may be working on, interacting with, um, and what you may be wanting to learn or needing to learn. And they come in various forms. So the what I consider to be an animal message or a spirit message may be you're driving along and you're contemplating how you could best have a conversation or what's the next steps you want to take in your life, in your relationships, in your work, in your creativity, and down swoops an owl and you know, is right there in your vision, that would be a place I definitely ask myself if I see an animal that's come into my energy field that I wouldn't normally have an interaction with, oh, immediately I'm asking, what is the spirit message of this? Largely based on the Native American belief systems and um, traditions, and there are plenty of reference material. I really liked Stephen Farmer's. I don't know if he's still doing any of them, but he was a great reference. I enjoyed his interpretation of the messages from from the animal world as well as the practical advice that his information came with. I'm not sure if he's still offering those, but there's certainly some books that are available. And so you would listen to that. You would pay attention and maybe ask, okay, what is this message from the owl? Am I being asked to listen to my own inner wisdom? Am I being asked to be observant, to to fly (laughs) silently? You cannot hear an owl coming. Uh, It's fascinating to me. So is there a message that is being presented that I'm not hearing? So, I mean, sometimes a frog is a frog, and it literally is just a frog crossing the road to get to the water on the other side, much like the chicken did. (laughs) But sometimes it is that, and you have to use your own situation there. Not everything is a meaning. You know, discern, use a little discernment there. But there is a big propensity from the spirit world, the guides, the angels, to use animals in collaboration, I I believe it's in collaboration, as messengers so that we will pay attention to what's being presented to us. Uh, On New Year's Eve, I was out burning um, the the list of what I would like to release and also then burning what I would like to bring in. And when we were complete doing it, um, 
this, I saw a rustling in the bushes. And for a moment, I was a little concerned because, you know, we are smack dab in the middle of skunk country here. So had a little bit of concern that we may need to get into the house quickly without getting sprayed. But then it ended up being this opossum, which is the only marsupial animal that we have in this area in North America. And I just think they are the cutest dang things ever. They're one of those that are, that you know, that expression, something is so ugly, it's cute. Oh my goodness, I just think they're adorable. And I let Mike know that I saw it, and then it started ambling by us. Well, they don't have the best vision, so I don't know that <laughs> necessarily knew that there were two people standing there because it did directly stop, make eye contact with us, but then amble on its way. It was the biggest one I've ever seen. And it was, um, you know, pretty poetic for me because not only do I love them, but I find them to be the most helpful animal because they really, they don't prey on anything else. They eat the ticks, the bugs, the everything that we don't necessarily want. And they keep to themselves, and they're just very sweet. So I found it as an affirmation of what I was participating in and the energy that I was releasing and and what I was intending to bring in was in harmony. It was within my, my best interest, and because they make me laugh, the opossums... I had a, um, you know, that moment of levity afterwards, and I was just so grateful for that message. So it, it can present in that way, and it's like anything else. If you're paying attention, you're going to receive the message. So totem animals, and I don't know a lot about this because I just have not spent the time to study, but they would also be... To me, they're, they're what is that animal that best represents self? What is that animal that could be someone that you or something that you look up to, that you aspire to be like because of how it interacts with the world and what gifts that it brings in? So, uh, in the next section, I'll explain how you can connect with that if you'd like. So the animal spirit guides, I believe, are the same, that there are forms, animals in non-physical form that can be supportive to us, that can bring great messages. As far as those who have crossed taking on animal forms, meaning like your parents or a friend or a partner, someone of that nature that you knew in this lifetime, yes, they will take on a butterfly or a dragonfly or um, there was one gentleman, I can't remember who he was, it wouldn't matter anyway, but, and he would constantly present himself as a squirrel to his daughter. And I remember the gist of the story 
in that he was tenacious. And I can't remember if he just loved the squirrels or if the squirrels were a pain in the you-know-what to him. But that was the the form he took on so that she would know he was okay. And a lot of the times you'll hear people say, well, the cardinal was around, so I knew a loved one was present. I believe that to be true. I don't think every cardinal or every... Um, hawk. Um, I know my husband presents himself quite often. Um, He passed four and a half years ago. He presents himself quite often to a few people as a hawk, but that's, they had a connection with that to him. So, you know, so that becomes the reason there would be that very quick. Now, when someone who's crossed takes on the form of an animal to get a message across, it's not going to last long because to to do that, not only do they have to be in concert with this animal that already exists, they have to lower those who have crossed, have to lower their vibration enough to take on a physical form again. It's going to be 30 seconds at the max. And I mean, I have a good time asking, are you someone I know? Uh, Most of the time, it's a no. Most of the time, it's the energy of the animal. I was kayaking one time uh, two years ago, something like that, and there was this dragonfly on the uh, bow of my boat, and I just kept staring at it, absolutely, positively sure it was someone I knew. It wasn't. It was just catching a ride because they didn't want to fly anymore, which then made me laugh and appreciate it even more. So, yes, your loved ones can present in that way. They're just not going to stick around um, for very long because it takes a lot of effort to do that. And you are not coming back as a cat, as a dog, as a horse, um, unicorn, mermaid, any of those things. We do not cross species. So even your cat who has what we consider a shorter lifetime but is just perfect for them is going to come back as a cat. I mean, that's the spiritual hierarchy. There isn't a... um, go into a different school like in Harry Potter, you know. So, all right. So when I come back, I will be helping you to understand how to connect with those animals and little creatures in our existence, all of them great and small. You're listening to Intuition, Your First Sense, the podcast by Vicki Baird, intuitive coach, consultant, and speaker. Did you know that you can schedule a private intuitive session with Vicki? Book your own phone or video session online at vickybaird.com booking. And if you're ready to create transformation in your life as you develop your own intuition, choose a coaching package. With three, six, or 12-month options, you can benefit from Vicki's wise guidance over time as you discover your path. Plus, with a coaching package, you'll get improved pricing and priority advanced scheduling. Book today at vickybaird.com booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thanks for listening. If you're listening to this podcast, it's because of Anchor. Anchor is an app that literally makes this podcasting experience so easy. It's free. 
and there was a creation tool right inside the app and it'll send it out to all the platforms for you. It has made this process seamless and something that actually helped me to really be excited about getting all the shows out to you because it didn't take a whole new degree in technology. So feel free to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your own podcast and let me know what it is so I can listen to it. Thanks for coming back. I really thought this was going to be a short episode. I, I thought going into this, I don't have a lot to say about this. It, this is going to be one of those short and sweet ones that I like to get as a podcast listener occasionally. So, But if you've been listening, you know that I'm well, have the gift of gab. And then I get excited about the subject and then I want to talk about more. And I think I don't have much or know much about it. And then I'm like, oh yeah. And then, so, so this is not going to be the short episode I thought it was going to be, but eh, that's the fun of having your own podcast. Get to do what you want. So the second, um, portion of the show here, I actually will probably not be that long, but it's a, a really short way connection in how to communicate with animals. And there are some people that teach some wonderful courses on this if you wanted to have fun for a weekend or to see what your own abilities are. To uh, one of my sisters, we call the cat whisperer because if there is a cat in the 50 mile radius that has an issue, has a problem, um, needs supportive care, it is going to find Stephanie. <laughs> Just is. And that's part of her ability is connecting with the animal kingdom. So the best way to do it, like I said before, is to get very quiet and to step step into your heart space to feel and to suspend a little bit of the thinking process to help yourself spiritually embody what it would be like to be in animal form and then how do you connect with them I like to look directly at the animal, and I know there are some behaviorists that say don't do that. I've never had an issue when I was looking from my heart with my eyes, and I've been in some pretty precarious positions with some animals with behavioral, seemingly behavioral problems, but um, once I connected with them and could find out what was going on, usually they were some pretty simple solutions with the exception of one, but he was just beyond this human stuff. He was done with connecting with humans, which I thought was funny. Um, so when you're staring, for instance, if you can make eye contact with your cat and do the little squint with your eyes that they do it, it's about learning their language and how do they want to communicate with you. Don't think you're in charge because you're not. Um, they will shut it down very quickly if they don't want to communicate with you. So even more important than uh, connecting with your eyes or with your five senses is that first sense. And that is asking of 
your soul, of your spirit, if it's okay to communicate with this animal. Some animals don't want to be bothered. They don't care. (laughs) And I think that's funny. So learning to communicate with them means understanding your own abilities. If you go back to way in the beginning of the episodes where I talked about clairsentient, clairvoyance, clairaudient, claircognizant, um, always forget one of them. Anyway, that other one, Clergustus. Um, knowing that about yourself is important. How do you perceive energy will help you with the animals. So it takes practice. It means not having an agenda, especially with them, because they... Um, will recognize that energy of being controlled and they will be out of there. And I see so many people with dogs and how their energy is affecting the dog and then the poor dog gets blamed for bad behavior or laziness on the the owner's part because they're not paying attention to the nonverbal cues because the animal is using their intuitive abilities, their telepathy, to communicate. And imagine how frustrating that would be if you were trying to get something across to the being that was uh, said that they were committed to taking care of you and they just weren't listening. So it's about being present, completely present with whatever animal that you're working with. And this has worked, like I've had where I pulled over because there was a, a, you know, a dog running loose or an animal injured. And I'm not recommending that you be crazy and you jump into these situations. I think we definitely do need to call those that are trained um, in wildlife and everything. But I have had situations where I could energetically connect with the animal enough to convince it that it should get out of the road, at least. Um, I'm not going to necessarily... Well, I can't say that as a definite that I wouldn't put my hands on something to save it. So I'm not going to promise that here. So it all comes to allowing yourself to be present. This is one of the practices that could help you in the life in your life in communicating with humans because it would also be nice to connect there and be present. So the physical animal, you're dealing with their presence. Are they hungry? Are they tired? You know, all of that kind of stuff. So it can be a little bit more challenging, but just keep at it. I mean, it's wonderful to know what's in the best interest of your animal so that when you have to make some tough decisions, you'll still have to deal with grief. You will still have to deal with whatever comes up for you in, in, in making those um, decisions. But at least you'll have the assurance that you did what the animal wanted. And that could mean going to the groomer or not. But So spirit animals or totem animals, that's a little different. With a spirit animal, it's more to be a fleeting message, like I said in the first part, where they show up. And if you have that opportunity, pause, take a breath, ask, what is the message you would like me to receive? If you're driving, keep driving. Um, You can ask this while you're driving. You don't have to still be staring at the animal because a lot of the times 
the like that owl or hawk or a moose standing on the side of the road that makes eye contact with you, you you're not going to have the time. You'll be beyond them. And they probably don't want you to come back and have a heart-to-heart. So you can ask, what is it that I'm meant to learn from this? Or what is your message? And have it, see if you can let it drop in to your being. It usually just pops in as um, the next statement. And it might seem silly. Or you can wait till you get home and you can research it um, to see what are the messages that are associated with the animals. So um, with the opossum, it actually, when I looked it up, one of the messages was abundance because they tend to have a lot of babies and they hold them to themselves, you know, in their cute little pocket and everything or all over them. Oh, when they get bigger and they hang on, it's just so stinking cute. Uh, Probably not as the mom, but it's adorable to watch that piggyback ride. Anyway, it was abundance and that it was something I had on my list. It was not only financial abundance, it was the abundance of time and love and experiences and my ability to help others. So I took that as an immediate um, validation of what I was um, requesting from spirit. So you can very much do it on the fly. Um, And with that also look at what are the characteristics of the animal that if it's a deer, have you been very nervous lately? Have you do need to find some space to be calm, to be serene, um, to relax your system because they're always on alert um, and that kind of stuff. So see how it correlates. Take what resonates, throw out the rest. If it doesn't resonate, that's fine. With totem animals, or a a guide, meaning that the animal is in the non-physical sense completely, not that spirit brought the animal to you as a message, but that it's in the non-physical sense completely, you would sit quietly. I do believe that this one requires sitting normally. I'm like, you can walk, you can you know, go for a run, do all that. This one does require that you are calm, that you're seated or lying down and that you're in a relaxed state because it just hooks up better that way. And the, I would ask your own guides to please present you with the animal that best represents what you may be working on right then. And you can ask Archangel Raphael. He is uh, the Archangel of Animals. And you could ask St. Francis if you wanted. Um, You can ask your higher self to be in charge of this. But connecting with them in the, in the totem animal, meaning that it's going to be a representation of where you are, you need to be still in order to receive the message accurately because it's going to represent characteristics or abilities that you currently have 
and may not be employing, may not be using. It may be the characteristics or abilities that you hope to develop. So it's coming in as a precursor, as an announcement of what you may be wanting to embody. So maybe there's the courage of the lion, if you see a lion, or perhaps it's the quiet flight of a bird, um, or it's is it the majestic pride of a swan. So it may be what you're wanting to develop and you're intending to work on. And it would give you a bit of a, a direction in which to, to pay attention. There's a lot that's happening in our energy in our universe that we are, I think we're only paying attention to about 10% of it, if I had to quantify it. And the animal kingdom, the totem animals, and how spirit uses the animals collaboratively to send a message, it's just such a wonderful way to use, maybe up your percentage a little bit. And it also doesn't have to have any great outcome to it. It's fun and it's a way to expand. So when you're connecting and you, if you get a sense of what your totem animal may be, ask a few questions of how they could best work with you. How could you embody the supportive characteristics of the being that's being shown to you? And then you could correlate that to what you want to, um, how you want to apply it in your life. So the good news is that everybody has an ability to communicate with the animal kingdom. And the great news is they want to communicate with us as well. They probably don't want to have a long drawn out conversation and that's okay too. So have fun with this. Use some of the other stuff that we've talked about in previous episodes and what you already know about communicating. Every time you pet an animal, um, you show kindness to an animal, you are, you are investing in an energy exchange. So that is beautiful and it goes out exponentially into our world, into our universe and helps to heal. So no, we can't save them all, nor would they call it needing to be saved. But as humans, we tend to believe that we're the ones in charge (laughs) of the whole scheme when we're not. But if you can show some kindness, show some curiosity, and then um, be present, you'll absolutely nail this animal communication and take a class or study up on it, read some books. Um, I hope you've had a good time thinking about how you might communicate with your animals and how you could use this to bring some humor, um, some levity, some 
connection and some just be in awe of the amazing things that we have in this world. Be in awe of the energy that creates all of this and we get to experience it because that is just the best. So feel free to jump on over and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Let me know uh, if you have any questions or anything that subjects that you'd like me to touch on, people you'd like me to have on the show, um, or if there's things you'd like me to change. I'm open to suggestions. I hope you have a most blessed week and have fun talking to all those creatures. VickiBear.com It's time to be your best It's time to reconnect With your first sense Trust in your gut, it's the real thing Let's see what your future brings Time to let the fun commence Intuition, your first sense Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a review and take a minute to share it with a friend. You can find me all across social media at, at Coach Vicki Baird, and you can book a virtual session with me from wherever you are in the world at vickibaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thank you again and see you on the next episode.